This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Okay, here we are, and we are switching gears. And we're going to talk about something we don't like to think about, let alone talk about. What happens if you're stricken with a critical illness like cancer or heart disease? For many people, for many Canadians, they're not able to just focus on getting well when that happens because a life-threatening illness can bring financial ruin as well. According to some trustees, about one in six bankruptcies in this country are related to illness. And according to Head Research, 42% of individuals could not last six months on their savings, and 64% could not last for 12 months if they were faced with a critical illness. With that, I would like to welcome a new trusted contributor, Miles Posner from the McClellan Insurance Insurance Group, and he's here to talk about critical illness insurance. Miles, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay, so first of all, let's uh, start with the basics. What is critical illness insurance? What does it cover? Critical illness insurance covers what is considered critical illnesses. There is about 25, 27 different illnesses. These are illnesses that affect people today rather than 50 or 100 years ago. Cancer, stroke, heart attack, illnesses like that. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, who qualifies for this insurance? Well, anybody that goes through an underwriting process, which is based on family history, uh, can obtain a critical illness policy. Is is there an age limit on it? Well, um, yes. 65. If you're 65 and over, you can't apply for it. If you're younger, then you can. And it's something really that the time to do it is obviously when you don't need it, like any insurance. Yes, <laughs> I agree. So uh, the other question that I have is, is how is this different from the type of disability insurance that you might have at work? And is it something that you should have in addition to that? Absolutely. Because disability insurance really is paycheck insurance. It covers your paycheck. When you get sick, it's expensive to be sick. Uh, The cost to have um, surgery for bypass out of the country and a week's stay in hospital can be up to $100,000. A lot of people don't have that liquidity. Okay, yeah. Um, Of course, bypass surgery is something that you uh, are covered for here, if you get it here. But there are certain things that the healthcare system does not cover, uh, let alone the cost of of not 
earning money. But um, I think that, you know, back to that question in terms of disability insurance, it takes quite a long time before it kicks in, and I don't think it would cover your whole paycheck. Well, a lot of people think disability insurance is the answer. They don't understand critical illness. A lot of people think it's based on uh, your income, so you can buy a certain amount of critical illness based on your income. And they don't even understand the word critical illness. Critical illness doesn't mean it's terminal, necessarily, but it can still be serious. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give the numbers to call uh, in case people have questions about this type of insurance, what it covers, how you get it, uh, ballpark for how much it would cost. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with our new trusted contributor, Miles Posner from the McClellan Insurance Group. We're talking about critical illness insurance. Um, so uh, first of all, uh, I was looking at the list of things that it covers, and it said life-threatening cancer. So how is that defined? Life-threatening cancer is a cancer that will develop into something that will be life-threatening. I mean, if you catch it at the beginning, yep. uh, great. Uh, but there's certain types of cancers that aren't considered life-threatening. So what would not be covered? I mean, if you have um, early-stage breast cancer, say, I mean... Ductal it, Ductal breast cancer will is not considered life-threatening. Right, but if you have stage 1 breast cancer, which generally is, is not life-threatening, would that be covered? I believe stage 1 can progress into stage 2, yes, 3, it and can. 4. Yes, it would be considered life-threatening, but it has to basically metastasize a bit because it can't be in, in situ. No, no, that's not. Metastasis is, is something else. Um, uh, so, so it's not the in, in, in situ, DCIS, right. which a lot of people don't consider to be cancer. But as soon as it's invasive cancer, it's covered. Correct. Correct. Okay. That's good to know because, again, early stage cancer, um, most people survive it. That's really good news. But uh, you can have a, a really bad, um, you know, six, eight months a year of treatment where it's very hard to work. Exactly. A lot of people are prepared. There's no plan. Mm -hmm. um, I think cancer, stroke, and heart attack affect a lot of people. Out of the survey that was uh, completed by Head Research, 75% uh, of the people knew somebody that had a, in quotes, critical illness, heart, stroke, cancer. So it's... Uh, it's pretty common. Uh-huh. And um, it, it, the, the risk factors, especially for cancer, go up as you get older. Correct. So uh, there's different kinds of critical illness insurance. So uh, tell me a little bit about the age limits on them. Well, the age limits. Um, you can buy a policy when you're 18. You can buy a policy when you're 50. Basically, you cannot buy a policy beyond age 65. Uh, so the age limits uh, vary. Uh, the prices for women generally are a little bit more than for men. The, it costs women more? Yeah. But women live longer. Is that what? Well, there's a propensity that they get sick. Okay. Um, it depends. 
they get sick more frequently. And do, do, do they pay out at any age if you've bought it and you've paid for it? Um, how old can you be to collect it? Well, you collect it after 30 days after you're diagnosed. Right. But if, you're, if you bought the insurance, uh, you know, before you were 65 and you're 80, can you collect it? Yes, you-, you can. I presume that the person that bought the insurance has a plan that is, gives you a lifetime benefit. Right. Yes. That being the case, then they would collect if they contracted a critical illness. Okay. After 30 days. Okay, but there are other kinds where you can only collect till the age of 75, I believe, correct? Yeah, those are known as temporary policies. Uh, they go up in rate every 10 or 20 years, depending, and they will terminate at age 75, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because you, that's when you're most likely to get these types of illnesses. Correct, and who can pick and choose when you're going to get an illness? Okay, uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Gail in Toronto. Hi, Gail. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Um, Just a simple question. I'm not sure if you can. What if you have an illness and then you go to get critical illness? Like, okay, I have lupus. Can I now go and get critical insurance or not? Probably not, but it depends on... They'd have to write away to your doctor to get your uh, uh, medical history. And it, there's different types of lupus, so it would depend. But uh, you'd have to investigate with your broker to see if it is possible. There are a couple of policies on the market where you can get something. It's called a guaranteed issue policy, and you'd be able to get something rather than maybe what you would like to get. Okay, so is there a thing, you know, uh, we've heard from the states a lot about pre-existing conditions where... You can get insurance, but they won't cover something you have already had? Is that? Well, pre-existing conditions really, uh, like I mentioned, you've got to go through underwriting. Underwriting is specific to the individual. Everybody goes through a different type of underwriting. Generally, they'll write away to your doctor. That is screening for everything. So in that situation, there is no pre-existing condition. There are some plans out there. Uh, primarily on the, on group insurance that have pre-existing conditions, which say if you contact uh, a, an illness but you were diagnosed within a certain period before you enrolled in the plan, then it would not be covered. Or certain uh, conditions that would disallow you from uh, being paid out, but you'd be paid out for something else that was non-related. Okay. okay. Thank you guys very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have more of your calls and questions about critical illness insurance, who it's for, um, who's eligible for it, everything you want to know about it. And uh, it's something you should know about, maybe even if it's not the most pleasant subject. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our new trusted contributor, Miles Posner from the McLennan Insurance Group. We're talking about critical care 
<coughs> excuse me, insurance. Uh, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And uh, let's go to Anne in Toronto. Hi, Anne. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep, you're on the air. We're listening. Okay, great. I'm interested in a few different things. I'll just ask them all at once in case they get... Sorry, we're, we're, we're having trouble hearing you. Can you speak up a bit, please? Okay, I wanted to know exactly what type of coverage you get with it. I mean, does it include housekeeping and in-home monitors that wouldn't be covered by OHIP? Uh, second question is, um, if I'm living in Florida by then, is it transferable to another country? And lastly, um, how, two more questions. How does it compare to chronic illness insurance? And the last question is, is there any beneficiaries to this type of insurance? Okay, a lot, okay. lot to answer. Thanks just for your call. Just want to repeat the first question. you got a lot of questions there. I want to know what exactly it covers. Like if you want electronic digital monitors in your home that aren't yes. covered by no hip or housekeeping or, you know. Okay, let me answer that. You get a payout. The payout is you can use it any which way you want. You can take a trip, you can put a new roof on your house, and you can pay for the medical equipment. It's up to you. It's all discretionary. Oh, so each illness is worth a certain amount? Yes. It's a dollar amount that's assigned to the policy that you choose. So if it's $100,000 and you're diagnosed, after 30 days there's a payout and you use the money as you see fit. And what if you get a second critical illness after that? Well, it depends on the type of critical illness. There's very few companies out there that will allow a second occurrence, but it's limited. But generally, the same thing will not be covered. It has to be another type of critical illness. So if you had cancer, it would be heart-related the next time. I see. They wouldn't necessarily stop paying your premiums after the first one? Well, you st- you stop paying the premiums after you get paid out. I see. Okay. The and policy is not- generally over. It's yeah. a payout. And if you're not living in Canada at the time, or can you be covered anywhere in the world for this? Generally, Canada and the United States is where you can reside uh, and uh-huh. still collect. Once you get your money, you can go anywhere. Okay. But you have to be in Canada to collect it? Or the United States. Okay. And how does it differ from chronic illness insurance? Well, I think it's more or less the same thing. I think it's just different terms that they use, critical, chronic. Uh, it's, it's named illnesses like cancer, stroke, heart, MS, ALS. There's a number of illnesses. So mm-hmm. if you get one of those illnesses, whether you call it chronic or critical, it's the same thing. Is arthritis on the list? Uh, no, it's not. And what about a beneficiary? Yes, there's a beneficiary that you can have. Okay, so the beneficiary is generally yourself, mm-hmm. but sometimes if there's a business arrangement, the beneficiary might be the company, as an example. Okay. Uh, now, now I have a question. Uh, if, if you pay in for a long time and don't collect, is, is there some kind of payout at the end or anything like that? Yes, there are certain policies that allow you to get what is known as a return of premium. So if you don't collect within a certain period, you have the option to say, I want the money back. So basically, it covers the cost that you've uh, paid out all the way through. 
So really? it's sort of a win-win. I mean, I don't know if it, well, it is a okay, win-win. Okay, so how, how is that? Econ- I, I don't understand how that works for the company. Do you pay extra? I mean, yes. Yes. You pay extra to have the privilege of having a return of premium. Um, okay. I don't necessarily recommend it, but if you're young enough, it's not a big difference in cost. Maybe it makes sense to give you options later on. In a business situation, it might make sense because the bi- the company is generally paying for the premium, and if the individual leaves, they can cash in and get the money returned that they paid is there, out. Is there any way to add critical illness insurance to a life insurance policy? Yeah, a lot of companies you can add it on as what is known as a rider, but generally speaking, uh, there's not a big difference to do it uh, separately. An extra $25, you're always better off to have your own individual policy rather than having it uh, connected to another policy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Um, sounds like you you asked a lot of really uh, good questions. <laughs> Well, thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot, Ed. Hey. Yep. Uh, Couldn't have asked better questions myself. Oh, sure you could. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there are all those options. uh, And again, um, with that, um, it's not a rider, but uh, with the payout option. So you would pay more for the initial insurance, and your payout would obviously not cover everything that you paid in, correct? Uh, generally, it, generally it does. Okay, so if the extra premium was I don't know twenty percent more, right? Your return of premium includes that extra premium. So if you if you cash it in and not if you haven't claimed and it, you cash it in at a specific time, whatever you paid in is what you're going to get out. Right. So even the extra cost that was involved by having the extra option of return a premium put on the basic policy. Okay, uh, so how does the insurance company make money on that? What am I missing here? Is it just the money they earn on it or for the period? Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, they charge a certain premium, and if you haven't collected, they're using your money and everybody else's money, and they're investing it and they're getting a return, um, absolutely. But from a consumer's point of view, uh, and if you're young enough, it's a great deal. Okay, uh, let's go to Pamela in Toronto. Hello, Pamela. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. Uh, I work with an organization called Wellspring Cancer Support Foundation in mm. Toronto. We have a couple of centers in the GTA as well. Of course, yes. And we help people with cancer. With uh, We have over 40 programs free of charge for people with cancer. And I manage a program called Money Matters, where we help people to navigate through the maze of income replacement programs when too sick to work. And I can tell you how many, well, there are so many people who worry about money when they're dealing with cancer uh, because their income drops significantly. All of the government income programs pay less than their income, long-term disability through their employer. Only about 30% of people have long-term disability. Right, and it doesn't kick in for quite a while. Well, I mean, yeah. if you if you don't have a cushion in your income for paying your bills... You're going to have to wait often, what, I think 19 weeks or something before long-term disability even kicks in. Depends on their policy, if they have short-term or if they have to access EI sick benefits, which pays a maximum of 55% of their previous income. 
I don't meet many people who have critical insurance, uh, critical illness benefits, but I wish more people would know about it and uh, unfortunately kind of think about uh, planning for a, a rainy day illness-wise should that happen so that they would have these resources. Uh, I've had so many people say to me that they lie in bed at night worrying more about money than cancer. Well, it, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. There was just um, a big story in the National Post on that. The headline was gutted by cancer. And and you can see why. And, and there are certain things that people don't even, I, I think if you haven't had, say, cancer, that you don't realize because um, our, I have to say, when it comes to cancer, our health system is terrific. But, and here's a big but, when it comes to chemotherapy drugs, immunotherapy drugs, it covers drugs that you get in hospital, usually intravenously. A lot of drugs, especially newer ones, are pills. And it's, it's, believe me, a lot easier to take those drugs, but they are not covered by the health system. You have to buy them and they are expensive. And, uh, you know, uh, they can be covered by uh, certain private drug plans, but there's often a maximum. I remember um, the first time I was diagnosed with cancer, I was on a drug plan that had a $5,000 maximum in claims. And there were certain um, uh, injections that I needed just to keep my counts up. And they were, you know, they were two grand a pop. So um, there are a lot of drugs that are not covered by our health system that you're going to need if if you have cancer. And that's before, you know, just keeping your life going while you recover. Absolutely. And that's where a, a lump sum of money, whether it's 25000 100000 200000 will help with mortgage costs, paying for medication, people who are doing long-distance phoning to phone relatives to pay down all their costs. Even hospital parking is so expensive. And so uh, when you factor in the loss of income, and for some people that can be almost 80% of their income is lost when they become sick. And so if you have a lump sum of money, it's a great thing. But we help people at Wellspring to navigate through those mazes of income replacement program so people know what they're entitled to and and how to deal with that financial impact of cancer. Well, that's a great service. And um, thanks so much for bringing our attention to that. It, it, It really is a big issue. And, you know, again, from a stress point of view, at, at that particular point in your life when you're dealing with something, the last thing you need is to be worrying about something else, which is money. Mm-hmm. I encourage people to talk to their children or their grandchildren to to look into this insurance product uh, to see if it might be something they can afford and to think about moving for their future. Well, if I may, the whole reason behind it, the reason you buy this is because you're going to live generally. I mean, technology is there, and most people will survive. I think the figure is that 63% uh, likelihood of people living five-plus years that have had cancer. Yep. And for a lot of cancers, it's much higher. For some, it's much lower. Yes. But, yeah. Um, but it's, it's the, the treatment for a lot of cancers, even uh, if they're early stage, it takes a long time. If you've got... Uh, surgery and um, chemo and radiation, that's, that's usually the better part of a year. 
Absolutely. And yeah. it affects not just you, it's a, the whole family. Yep, You're, and your spouse ends up having to take time off work to care for you, be with you. Um, if you've got children, then you need people to care for them. I mean, it's, it just goes on and on. Anyway, Pamela, thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we uh, have very little time left. Uh, Miles, what would you like to leave us with? Well, um, I guess just to make people aware that um, they should investigate uh, what critical illness would cost, how much, because... I mean, everybody really, when they travel, they buy travel insurance. The likelihood of claiming on that is um, slim, okay? Uh, people belong to car clubs, etc. when they travel. Everything is based upon things that people haven't thought about. But really, um, you're the golden goose. And if you don't get, take care of yourself, you won't be able to take care of everybody around you. So I, I, it's a great policy, uh, and if you set it up properly, uh, it'll bring you peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, what percentage of people have this type of insurance? Do you have any kind well, of numbers on yes, that? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was a, a research uh, statistic that said 93% of working Canadians worry about having enough money, okay, if a critical illness is experienced. Only 5% have taken steps to do something about it. Okay. On that note, uh, we have to wrap things up. Thank you to our new trusted contributor, Miles Posner, from the McClellan Insurance Group. We've been talking about critical care insurance. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.